G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. This podcast is made available by Vision Christian Media, thanks to the generosity of our supporters. Your donation today means great podcasts like this remain available to help people look to God daily. Please make your donation to Visionathon today at vision.org.au. Today. 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 Today with Jeff Vines. We are taking the gospel to the world. Pastor, apologist and Bible teacher. Bringing people far from God near to God. We believe in one truth that will be delivered in love and compassion. Connecting every one person to all that God has promised them. Today. Today. Today with Jeff Vines. Hi and welcome. My name is Bill and today we're continuing a message about speaking the truth in love. Pastor Jeff is in Matthew chapter 7 and he has a few things for us to think about. Can we speak love without being judgmental? And can we discern right and wrong without condemning others? If you've missed any of the parts in this series, the Hey Up There series, you can find them wherever you listen to podcasts. Just search for Today with Jeff Vines. Let's continue this message now with Pastor Jeff. So one of the things Jesus says in Matthew 7, in the Sermon on the Mount, in this series, is that do not judge or you too will be judged. And when I hear people quote this, they usually quote the King James Version. Judge not, lest ye be judged. (laughs) So in a politically correct society that we live in, this verse is being quoted. The Bible says, judge not, lest ye be judged. But when Jesus says that, he's not talking about not discerning a worldview or right or wrong or morality. You say, well, what does he mean? Well, let's read the rest of the passage. Verse 2, for in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured into you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there's a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the plank out of your own eye and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Do not give dogs what is sacred. Whoa. Whoa. For me to explain this, I've got to do it in three acts. What does Jesus mean? Do not judge. Anytime you look up any word in the dictionary, you usually get one, two, or three meanings, right? Right? You look up the word judge in Greek, what is translated, you get one, two, or three meanings. You get the kind of judgment that God is going to give on the day of the Lord and accountability, but you also get the kind of judging that he uses here, discernment. Discernment, you are to discern, but it's a judging without wrath. You're not God. You have no right to exhibit wrath on anybody. And if you do, you start with yourself but you are supposed to discern and be a light in a city on a hill. Okay, so don't judge does not mean do not discern. 
or confront. Second act, when you do, though, be gentle. But the whole thing really comes down to this last verse. In verse 6, Jesus finishes this section off by saying this, Do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to the swine. If you do, they may trample them underfoot and then turn and tear you to pieces. Now listen, what's he saying? Oh man, this is comedic, but I need your attention. You got to focus because it's kind of hard to get and I'm not the greatest at describing. I'll do the best I can, okay? But in the first century, just like today, dogs were house pets. Dogs didn't start with us. They were domesticated a long time, long time ago. So in the first century, even in Matthew 15, the Canaanite woman says to Jesus, even the little doggies get the little crummies that fall from the master's table. So even in the first century, you took the, I mean, dog food, greatest racket of all time. <laughs> you know, you're supposed to just take the table scraps and throw them to the dog. You don't need Alpo. And so you have a domestic dog, common practice, but another little animal that was domesticated then were pigs. It didn't start with green acres. Okay? Pigs were also kind of pets. And you would feed them. And the animals who owned dogs and pigs, its job was to take the table scraps and throw them out. But in this parable, Jesus says the owner's not doing his or her job because the owner's throwing the pig and the dog something that's not edible. They're going to choke on a pearl. What's a dog want a pearl? Why would you throw a dog and a pig a pearl? And Jesus is trying to communicate that if you do throw that to them, they'll choke on it. And then at some point, they'll turn to you and tear you to pieces because they'll say, well, at least you're edible. All right? <laughs> so Jesus does not just talk about a stupid owner throwing rocks and stones. He could have said that. No, he uses a pearl. Why does he use a pearl? Because what is the pearl? The gospel. In Matthew, the pearl is the gospel. Matthew 13, we're told about a man who discovers the pearl of great price and he goes and sells everything in order to purchase it. Now stay with me. What's the gospel? It's the kingdom. It's the gospel of the king. The king of the universe, Jesus Christ, comes to planet earth. He dies on the cross and saves us by his grace. And then this man who sees the great pearl sells everything he has. Of course he does. Because once you truly understand it, once you're there and you've had that Jesus revelation, you realize that all these other things you're pursuing will never give you what they say they'll give you. That's why we talked last week about sex. Sex is a gift of God, but it cannot become your God. You can't get to the point where you think, unless I have this, I can't survive. Because what you're really looking for is not sex, but what sex gives you. Intimacy, love, acceptance, significance, self-worth, esteem, but nobody can give you those things like God can. And so when you truly find the treasure, you're willing to give up everything to get it. Now, here's what Jesus is doing in this last section. And then it really brings everything together. He's contrasting the difference between a man and a pig or dog. How does a pig deal with a pearl? How does a pig deal with the gospel? A piggish person is a person who looks at the gospel when they hear it. So they hear about the love of Jesus, they hear about forgiveness through grace, and they, in, they, they hear that they can enter a kingdom that will never end. And if you're a pig person, where does your mind immediately go? Man, I would like to become a professional baseball player. If I serve God, will he get me a professional contract? 
I would like to be married. Will God help me get the girl? I would like to be rich and have a lot of money. If I do this Jesus thing, will he help me get rich? The piggish person says, I want to know what's in it for me. I am a pig. My God is my belly. So what is God going to give me next? That's a piggish person. However, the man, the man is totally different. He operates in the opposite direction. The man who discovers the treasure says, what can I get out of this? No, he doesn't say that. He says, what can I give up, even if it means everything, in order to possess the pearl? He's not asking what, in addition to everything I have, will Jesus give me so that I can stockpile more and more. He's saying, even if I give up all my assets and pursuits and objectives and goals, this would still be much more valuable. So what's going on in this whole passage here? Here we have the gospel, the truth about the gospel. Some people are going to hear it, and they're going to, some people, when you throw it out to them, they're going to hear it, and they're going to say, that's the most beautiful thing I've ever heard. I can't believe that I can be forgiven of all my sins. I can't believe there's a kingdom that lasts forever. I can't believe that no matter what I face here, God will more than make up to it for it in eternity. I can't believe that whatever I lose here, God will replace it to an infinitely greater degree. I cannot believe that I have just found the answer to my life and all my pursuits. How wonderful this pearl of grace really is. And they're amazed and astonished. But then... There's an entirely different group of people that hear it. You throw the pearl out. What do they do? Well, I don't know. What can I really get here now? How's this going to, how this going to church thing and, you know, religious wackos, how is this going to pad my bank account and advance my career? How's this magic thing? That's what they look at the whole thing about, this magic thing. Help me get what I want. Seems a bit stifling to me. That's the ultimate meaning of the parable. And notice it's not the pig or the dog that are really at fault. They're, they're just being themselves, dogs and pigs. They're not particularly vicious animals. But if you're stupid enough as an owner to throw them things they can't appreciate, they will turn on you. Are you listening? Amen. So there's two meanings here. There's the penultimate meaning, then the ultimate meaning. The penultimate meaning goes along with everything Jesus is saying. He's saying, you know, you can, talk, you can take the pearl of the gospel and, and cast it toward people. And you know what? In many people, it's not going to compute. It doesn't get through. They see what you're saying, but they just don't get it yet because they're still piggish. They're still piggish. They've not yet come to the end of themselves. I remember when I lived in New Zealand, there was a headline in the... Can you imagine this? A headline in the paper, the gospel is irrelevant to Kiwis. The gospel is irrelevant to Kiwis. Well, that says more about the Kiwis than the gospel. It says the Kiwis are still piggish. The gospel is eternally relevant to those who recognize they're sinners in need of a Savior. But what if you think the purpose of God is to serve you? Then when somebody comes along and gives you the gospel, they're still piggish. Now, the question is, what do you do when you come across people who listen but do not hear? And this is the key. All right, this is the key point. So if you've faded away... Come back in. This is the end. Brings it all together. This entire thing, this entire section, it's taken me years to discover this, but the entire section is Jesus saying to you and me to honor the pace of God in another person's life. To honor the pace of God. And don't throw them things they're not ready to take. If you want to improve your body, you go to the gym... 
He's going to start out easy with you. He's not going to go over and tell you to bench 250 on day one. You'll just give up and quit. If you start a diet, you kind of ease into it. And the point Jesus is making, I mean, it's really common sense. Have you ever converted anybody over to your political point of view by sniping at them? No. Ever. Don't you just make them more mad? Every time my Aunt Brenda from Washington, D.C. would come down to Tennessee and visit my mother, my mother would end up crying by day two or three because my aunt would say to her, well, when you're as spiritual as I am, you'll see these things. <laughs> now, do you think saying something like that is going to do anything for anybody? <laughs> so Jesus is saying, honor the pace. Don't throw the pearls to pigs. Go in there knowing that you've got just as many issues as they do. Go in there discerning where they are, but go in there honoring the pace of God because you don't know where they are. Don't just throw something at them. Don't get defensive and don't give them more than they can handle at any one time. So if I'm going to go talk to a person about the way they're living their life, that's way too soon if I've just met them. You got to start way back here and talk about origin and meaning and morality and destiny of life. And you got to form that relationship where that big log shrinks and you can move in close. Your words may be a pearl, but many people don't know how to receive it. So what Jesus is saying here is, it's your fault. Because <laughs> you want to you do a drive-by evangelism. You want to drive by people say, hey, go to hell, get Jesus. And you think that's going to do anything. You get in a discussion and somebody confronts you and they say, well, you're, you're just a religious fanatic. And you find out, oh yeah, well, you're going to hell. Huh. You know, <laughs> Jesus says, you give somebody something they could not bear. You push it on them. And many Christians need to hear this. Jesus is not a relativist. The pearl of great price, the gospel is absolute truth, but you are responsible not to just throw it down and push it down so they choke on it. And when you get angry and you say, some people just can't handle the truth, you pull a Jack Nicholson on them, <laughs> that's not going to work. You can't handle it. Or you say, well, I tried to tell them I was valiant for truth. No, you weren't. You were cold and arrogant and maybe even insecure and lazy. So do you know what honor the pace of God in somebody's life really means? It means don't be a coward. You still speak. You still speak. You know, you say, well, I was honoring the pace of God in their lives. Yeah, but they're dead now. I mean, you said nothing. So it's not to be quiet. But it's about humility and gentleness and love and approaching them with a soft tissue, not a hammer and nail. The reason I'm doing this and hammering this, almost done, is because this is the heartbeat of our church. If you're here in this church, I'm assuming that you know what our call is. And it's to help people far from God come nearer. And when I say without judging people, what I mean is without thinking that we're better than they are, but moving in slowly, still telling them this is not appropriate. But you know, you can tell somebody something's not appropriate in such a way that will melt them. And you can also tell them in such a way that they will want to kill you. <laughs> and so I used to say to people, I've made this mistake. I used to say, you know, I didn't really hear the gospel until I was in Romans class. And Dr. Jack Cottrell, when I was in seminary, 
talked to me about grace and mercy, and I just started tearing up, and I realized, man, I've never heard the gospel. Like, this is wonderful. And I've told you that story, haven't I? And then I started thinking about that during the writing of this message. Really? I'd never heard the gospel before. Man, I grew up in a church where we sang the same three songs every week. Every week, because the piano player could only play three or four songs. <laughs> One of them was Amazing Grace. Can I just read to you how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me? I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. But I never heard the gospel. <laughs> how about the third part of How Great Thou Art? And when I think of God, his son not sparing, sent him to die, I scarce can take it in. That on the cross, my burden gladly bearing, he bled and died to take away my sin. But I never heard the gospel. How about rock of ages? Let me hide myself in thee. Let the water and the blood from thy riven side which, which flowed be of sin the double cure. That's theology, pure theology. When you become a Christ follower, you're forgiven of the guilt, but you're also empowered by the Holy Spirit to overcome sin in your life. Save me from its guilt and power. I never heard the gospel. Really? What's the real issue? I was a pig. Unable to appreciate the beauty and the value of the jewel. Why? Because I just wanted God to fill my tummy. How's God going to help me date the homecoming queen? How's God going to help me average double figures, which is points and rebounds, which is what my coach told me that I needed to do if we we're going to win? How's God going to help me to be successful in everything? If I were to go back and relive those moments in that church, you know what I'd discover? The gospel's everywhere. Now, there are people in the room right now and who will hear this sermon all over the world who will listen to it and will not get it. And my response and your response is not cowardice, but to continue to present the truth and honor the pace of God in their lives because you simply don't know where they are and how God is moving. You know, when I sit down and talk with people now, I, I don't make many statements anymore. I just ask questions to help them open up within their own belief system and assumptions, and hopefully to get, a, get them around to origin, meaning, morality, and destiny, the four questions that every worldview has to answer. C.S. Lewis in the Chronicles of Narnia talks about the horse and his boy. It's a boy and a girl, Shasta and Erebus. There is the line, the lion that keeps showing up, uh, Aslan, who represents the Christ figure. At one point, Aslan shows up to meet Erebus, and when she sees him, he claws her. He doesn't really hurt her, uh, doesn't really wound her, but he draws a little bit of blood, and that scares the girl off, and she runs away. And then sometimes later, Aslan, the Christ figure, shows up to meet with Shasta, the young boy, and he talks with Shasta. He just talks with Shasta. And finally, Shasta looks over and says, are you the lion that scratched Erebus? And the lion says, yes. Well, why did you do that? Why her, not me? And the lion responds, Aslan, the Christ figure, by saying, Child, I'm telling you your story, not hers. I tell no one any story but his own. You have no idea what God is doing in somebody else's life. You have no idea. The thing you can't do is be such a jerk that it sets the chain of events back because they met a Christian who was unkind and was more defensive than anything else. That's the penultimate lesson. But what is the ultimate lesson? The ultimate lesson is that you and I are called to speak the truth in love. Not to be cowards, but not to be abrasive. And the only way, here's what Jesus said, the only way you're ever going to be able to do that 
is if you see all the logs in your eyes. And then when you approach people, if you really think you're somebody that needs God's mercies every day, when you approach somebody, you'll approach them with grace and with a melt-in-your-mouth sweetness that over time will change them. Now, let me finish. Can I throw you a pearl? Who is the pearl of great price? Jesus. And yet people still choke on him today, don't they? Now, I do live in the real world. For some people, no matter what you say, they want to kill you. This is the real world. And that's going to make you uncomfortable. But can I remind you that Jesus threw himself to the swine, knowing that many would reject. And how did he throw himself to the pigs? Gently. Not through force. He stretched out his hands and died. The thing that compels more than anything is love and sacrifice, not judgment and hate. And Isaiah says that he took out he, he bore or he took up our pain and our, he bore our suffering. <clears throat> Considered punished by God, stricken by God. He was afflicted, pierced for our transgressions, crushed for our iniquities. And the punishment that was brought on him gave us peace. And then the writer finishes by saying, we all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Notice we all. <coughs> So here's my challenge. He threw himself to the swine. He died to himself that we might live. Die to yourself so that others might live. Die to your pride. Die to your thinking you have to win an argument. Die to becoming so defensive. Take on the affliction of others. Be crushed for others so that they like you might live. And let your wounds that people give you bring peace ultimately to the world. And allow others to lay their iniquity on you so that they may see your response of peace and live. Do not judge does not mean do not discern. But it does mean as you do, do it with love. With the hope of winning a person back, not destroying them. And ultimately, you have to ask yourself where you are. Are you the pig? Are you the man? Have you given up everything to pursue the pearl, to gain the pearl? Or are you still coming to church because here's your attitude. What does Pastor Jeff, what is he going to give me to make me more successful? If I come to church, what's God going to do for me this week? Because if you're still doing that, when you hit a difficult part of life because your expectations you still think God is here to serve you you'll walk away you'll walk away speak don't be a coward but do it in love and pray for people to have a Jesus revelation so that when you cast the pearls they won't choke They'll sell everything they have to get it. Father, I thank you and praise you for another section of the Sermon on the Mount and what it means when we look into the heart of the gospel. 
I pray that you would give us soft hearts, that you would help us to honor the pace, your pace in people's lives, to never get defensive, to never get angry, to show the world a Savior who stretched out his hands and died for us, who threw himself to the swine but did so in a way of gentleness. And although we know that there will be some that will always choke and will always hate and turn on us, for those who will come, I pray that we would continue the work of helping people who are far from God come near. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. You've been listening to Today with Jeff Vines. Thanks for joining us. Next time, we'll bring you a new message from Pastor Jeff. Not only when you approach God, does He want you to know this is a personal God who loves you, man. You're like His daughter or son sitting on His knee. But also, stop praying prayers of the King James Version. Stop praying in the way that you think God would want you to pray. You're supposed to bring you to Him in simple and honest prayer. You can listen to more messages like this. Just search for Today with Jeff Vines wherever you get your podcasts. You make me wanna dance and sing With every single breath I breathe I will bring this offering You are my wonder You bring the wonder Today 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 with Jeff Fines. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.